0: And I'm Rachel. We're the creators of Plant School.
1: Rachel's going to be teaching me, a plant novice, everything I need to know about plants, plant care, and gardening, all in a way that anyone can understand.
0: Yeah, whether you have never touched a plant or you consider yourself an expert and you want to just learn more, this podcast is for you. And though it sounds simple, there's actually a lot to cover.
1: So what are you waiting for? Join Join us in in Plant School. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 16. 16 of Plant School. Today we will be going over prayer, pr- prayer <laughs> plants and how to take care of them.
0: I think I'm going to be second guessing how I say prayer plant because I yeah. was so hard. For you. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Prayer plant.
0: Yeah, so this one was actually a suggestion by our friend Kayla. We how do we meet Kayla? We we church. go to church with them. Yeah, um, well, yes. we used to till we moved. Yeah, we moved, but we did go to church with them. She is super nice. I'm actually gonna give her a shout out. She has an Instagram um, at Eating for Joy, and she kind of goes over intuitive eating, and it is super cool. If you kind of need a refresh on how you should be thinking about food and stuff. I highly suggest her Instagram page. Anyways.
1: I think about she food all the time.
0: Yeah, I do too. She didn't ask for a shout out or anything, but I just thought I would because I really appreciated her giving this suggestion and I think her page is super cool. So,
1: Okay. Thank you, Kayla. Let's go ahead and jump in. What is a prayer plant?
0: <laughs> yeah, so a prayer plant includes two genuses. So there's the Maranta genus. I'm assuming I'm saying these right. Um, If I'm not, just bear with me, everyone listening. So the Maranta and Calathea genuses are included as being prayer plants. So they are mostly grown for their stunning foliage. They have small flowers, usually white or purple, but usually it's the leaves that are really attractive. Some have like red veins on them. Or they have like these like um, light and dark greens that make these cool designs on them. So I like them. Huh.
1: I know we have one. It's on my desk.
0: Huh? Yeah, it's like right in front it's of your face. in front face. of my face every <laughs> single
1: day. Um. So what? what's the history of a prayer plant? How did it get its name?
0: Yeah, so this is actually super cool. I was excited to talk about this because as I researched it, there's a lot of history that comes with this plant. So... The reason why they are called prayer plants is because their leaves fold up during the night to kind of resemble hands in prayer. So this happens through a process called Nyctinasty. Nasty.
1: You made that up.
0: No, I am I swear to you, that is the real <laughs> name. That sounds
1: like someone's nickname in high school or something.
0: I know. There goes Nickton Nasty. <laughs> no, so this is a real thing. So... It's more specifically called foliar nasty, meaning it's. <laughs> you, okay, you've got to like keep Sorry. a straight face with Sorry. me this time. So basically, its leaves do this process. So they move up at night in the prayer formation and then they lower them in the day. And so the way they do this on the petiole of the leaf, which is basically like the little stem that comes off the leaf. It's also called a pulvini, I learned. This
1: That sounds like a noodle.
0: I know. It <laughs> there's like some really funny names with this whole thing. So the pulvini is this little it's the petiole. Um and it swells with water um when let's see here. It would swell with water during the nighttime when it's not being activated by light and so it will go rigid and stand straight up into prayer form and when there's no or when there is light the water pressure is released and so it bends back down so it's really interesting how it can do that um but anyways the thought of doing this is that it can maximize its light absorption like the leaves will turn down for the sun and actually a lot of plants do this a lot of plants they're called Nictinastic plants. <laughs> so a lot of members of the Fabaceae family, which are beans, legumes. Um, there's a couple of like weeds in there that you'll probably common, commonly see in your yard. Um, or like pea plants. Um, and a lot of the Oxidala- Oh, Let's see here. Ox- Oxalidaceae. There we go. Oxalidaceae members. And... Um, will do this as well so like your what's it called it's not it's called a shamrock shamrock but it's like shamrock fake shamrock i know i said that <laughs> wrong i think it's called oh you guys know what i'm talking about it's called an oxalis
1: right we know Fake what
0: shamrock. what's another word for fake sam help me out here
1: uh you always put me on the spot with synonyms uh not real. I'm looking it
0: up. It is. Oh, well, that didn't help. Oh, anyways. Well, anyways, let's move on. <laughs> Basically, um, those shamrocks that you'll see in the store, some are purple, some are green. Um, they do this as well. Daisies will do this. Crocuses, tulips, California poppies. There's a ton of plants. Plants that are nictinastic. Sounds like That's they're like...
1: so nictinastic, bro. <laughs>
0: Thank you. So anyways, moving on their history, they are native to swampy tropical forests, um, particularly in the Americas, but they are also found in Africa and Asia. And it's really interesting because a lot of the different species of the Maranta um, prayer plants, they developed with the splitting of Pangea. So these are like super, super ancient plants. You know what I mean? Like when Pangea started to break up, that's when we started seeing different species come about. Um, and so they they have some ethnobotanical history, meaning that they were important to the people um, back in human history. So for example, there's Maranta arandesia, Oh man, I'm really struggling with these crazy names. But it's Moranta R N Denacie. Is that right? I think so. Sam, would you say that's right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it looks right.
0: It's also called an arrowroot. Oh, so why did you, you... To say that? I know I should have just said that. <laughs> um, but it's it's commonly known because it's a very easily digestible starch that was used as a food store food source for quite some time. And then for calatheas, some of them have edible tubers. So that's like um, a root, a a potato is a tuberous root. So kind of think of that. Um, and other ones they other calatheas produced a lot of wax which um, were used to make waterproof baskets. Specifically, Calathea lutea was used um, to make these baskets, and that's where it got it got its name. So basket in Greek is Calathos, and that is where the Calathea got its name from making those baskets, which is really interesting. Um, and Maranta, that name originates from a man named Sam, how would you say his name? Bartholomew. I... Thank you. Bartholomew. I can't. Nope. <laughs> it's like Mm-mm.
1: Bartholomew. Yeah,
0: but... He's Italian, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Polvini.
0: Anyways, his last name is Moranta, and um, he was a 16th century Italian physician, and um, that species got named after him. So yeah, pretty interesting what history. An honor
1: for that guy. I know. Um okay so that was the history that was very interesting some parts probably interesting for the plant lovers out there those who don't know too much what you're talking about maybe I thought they it was cool
0: even though there There's were some silly a words. a lot of big words in there nicktonastic but yeah
1: that that at least they learned that word <laughs> if you didn't take anything away from this podcast you now have a new way to say something's awesome it was nicktonastic
0: and they'll have no idea yeah
1: even though that's <laughs> not what it means all right so what kind of uh light levels do these plants need do they need to be
0: need, I, what i'm sorry i interruption i just thought of the name i didn't look it up it just came to my brain false shamrock
1: oh, why did you say that
0: i asked you for another word for fake uh, and i I thought... said
1: not real <laughs>
0: Anyways, that was that was a while ago, but oh. it was a false sham. I had no idea. That's
1: the word to go for.
0: yeah. Sorry to interrupt. All Keep right. going with your question. Where where
1: do we got to put these plants so they don't die?
0: Yeah, so um, they will tolerate low light, but when I say this, uh, I like I've repeated this a lot, but it no plant loves low light. So they will tolerate it. They won't do their best in it. Um, so in general. Right, indirect sunlight is always the best for most houseplants. Um, when they have more adequate light, they will grow more quickly. Um, they can even tolerate short periods of direct sunlight. I would say like no more than two hours though of direct sunlight, um, or else they will start to get um leaf scorch or leaf burn. Um sometimes their leaves will actually even fade if they're getting too much sun. Um, the one that's in front of sam's face all day while he works <laughs> that one gets a little bit of direct sun if sam will open up the blinds well, sometimes he hates sun, it in this, his eyes
1: <laughs> in the winter time the sun passes right across our window the entire day
0: yeah my, it's not my ideal. eyes would
1: be burned out of their sockets if i left it open all day
0: it's <laughs> dramatic <laughs> um but yeah so that that little guy gets some direct sunlight, and he's been totally fine. So I wouldn't say that you need to really worry too much about that.
1: Gotcha. So he's fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's fine.
1: Yeah. Um, so are there any other considerations that you need to take into consideration <laughs> when placing it in your home?
0: <laughs> yes. Um, so some other considerations to consider... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so they generally don't do well in places with um, fluctuating temperatures.
1: Fluctuating. <laughs> flat- <laughs> flat-
0: I don't think that's even a word. Fluctuating it- temperatures? Well, it w- Well, not
1: temperatures, but flatulence.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> Sorry.
0: Poop jokes always must make it somehow into They're this. a fertilizer.
1: <laughs> it's part of plant life.
0: I don't think you can fertilize via a toot in the air.
1: Well, you can increase the temperatures like these we're talking about here. Fluctuating temperatures.
0: Okay. Okay. Maybe. Let's move on. Anyways, so things like windowsills or doorways aren't ideal for a prayer plant because there can be cold wind coming in, hot air coming in, depending on the time of year it is. So they don't really love that. Um, They do like humidity, so they can be a great bathroom plant.
1: See, flatulence.
0: Oh my gosh, no, I'm talking about shower
1: humidity.
0: Oh, Oh, Sam. Anyways, um, if you notice brown leaf tips on your prayer plant, that could be an indication that they need a little bit more humidity. So you can put a pebble tray underneath it, has pebbles and water in it, or, like I said, you can place it in a bathroom. I've talked about how I don't really think misters work too well. They raise the humidity for a very, very short period of time. What like... about misses? Misters. Okay, stop. <laughs> that was a classic dad joke right there. Hmm. Um, yeah, no, misses or misters don't work. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So that's something to consider with humidity. Uh, yeah.
1: Sorry for making that more complicated than it need to be.
0: No, that's why I have you here. All right. To complicate. How do you my water?
1: Podcast. How do you water these bad boys? All right. Or girls. Bad boys or bad girls.
0: Who knows? Um, so you water according to the soil. Um, keep the soil moist, not wet. If your plant is in a more sunny area, that generally means that it will be needing more water more often because it will be absorbing the water more quickly so it can grow with all the um, energy it's getting from the sun. So sometimes prayer plants can get damaged from dry pockets being in the soil. Dry pockets are created because there's not very good aeration. So if you notice that your leaves are kind of limp and maybe your soil is looking like it, it sticks in a big old like ball in the soil. So you could literally like grab your plant and pull it out of its pot and the soil is just like really packed in there. You're going to want to aerate it. So just like get a chopstick, get a a pin and kind of break it up and try watering your plant again. And that should help with those leaves that are going limp. Um, also, something that's interesting with watering for these plants apparently they can be a little picky and so using distilled water or filtered water or even rain water is best. Um, Tap water has a lot of chemicals in it and it can add up in the soil and it can damage them. Usually the damage will be shown um, by leaf spots on your leaves. Honestly I have never used distilled water, filtered water, or rainwater on any of my plants. I'm just, I don't care enough. Is that bad, Sam? It's awful. Am I an awful person? I just, I just, I guess if I were seeing problems, I would switch. But with my little prayer plant, I've been using tap water and it has been totally fine. I haven't, like it looks healthy. Right, Sam? Have you seen any leaf spots on it?
1: No, because the sun's in my eyes the whole day.
0: <laughs> you have no eyes. They've been scorched out of your sockets. <laughs> yep.
1: Um, no, I haven't noticed anything wrong with them. Yeah. But so, the fact that you're knowingly trying to kill your plant by using uh, tap water just points to the kind of... Excuse me. Plant caretaker you are.
0: <laughs> I would never try to kill them. I just... I guess I'm just lazy. Okay. <sighs> I guess
1: that's all right. Um... So what kind of soil does the prayer uh, plant need?
0: Um, in general, they love well-draining soil. Um, I've heard that acidic soil is best for them. I have never tested my soil's acidity, though, before. So if you're, you're like super into getting your soil science down, maybe go for a more acidic soil. But in general, I've just used like the general potting mix soil when um, planting these guys.
1: Easy enough. Mm -hmm. Um, So when do you repot your prayer plant?
0: Yeah, so they don't need it too often. They do have smaller roots that tend to be more shallow. Um, And what was I going to say? I feel like I had something I wanted to say about their little roots. If I think of it, I will say it. Um, But in general, they don't um, really mind being root-bound. But I would say if you start seeing roots growing out of your drainage holes at the bottom, you should repot this plant and give it some more room. Um, Just as a general rule, put it in a pot that is one to two inches bigger than the one that it is in already. And their roots can be a little bit fragile because they are small. Um, So just be careful while you repot it, not to damage them too much.
1: Gotcha. Um, So what kind of fertilizer should you use? I feel like we're just going through a checklist of what we usually do for all these.
0: We kind of are. These are kind of just like the basics of per plant.
1: Of any plant kind of questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Repotting, soil, water. yeah so
0: we want you guys to be able to take care of it i guess so
1: yeah these are common questions i guess that you we would ask for any plant mm -hmm. the answers aren't the same though
0: no yeah and this fertilizer question is actually well i think it's interesting um i was actually having a conversation via youtube (laughs) i sound like such a loser when i say that having a conversation on YouTube. Um, Anyways, with someone who's asking questions about fertilizer for their prayer plant. Um, So they were asking me what kind I use because they've heard that you should only use organic fertilizers with your prayer plant. Um, I did a bit of research on this, on what they do best with, and I did find out that prayer plants can be a little bit touchy with their fertilizer. And so it makes sense that this person who I was talking to heard that you should use organic fertilizer because organic fertilizers, in general, will have very low nutrient values. Um, All fertilizers come with three numbers. We've talked about this in a previous podcast, Um, and those three numbers are nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, NPK. And so those organic fertilizers, those NPK numbers will be very small because they just they don't have a lot in them. Um and so I'm thinking this person hurt to use those because there's very low risk with very low nutrients. Um, in my opinion, and you don't have to agree with me, but I do not really love organic fertilizers. They have really low nutrient values and they're very pricey, which just doesn't make sense to me. I would rather use just a normal fertilizer. The one I use for my prayer plant is a 101510, and it's just a liquid fertilizer you add to water. I can include a link down below in the notes of this podcast, but it's, I don't know, if you are not putting your fertilizer down the drain and just like like dumping out the whole thing there is no environmental risk so honestly i just don't see any any benefits of really using organic fertilizers some of them can even be a little smelly if you're using like fish meal or i i know some are like made of seaweed um different things like that there's like worm poop ones i don't think worm poop would smell but that's what you think yeah, who knows? I haven't smelt warm poop lately. Um, <laughs> but I would say, just in general, like, buy the standard fertilizer and just be careful with how much you add. Just, like, go on the more conservative side and your prayer plant will be just fine. There's no need to pay a higher price for an organic fertilizer. Unless, like, you're super passionate about it, that's totally fine. You can buy it and do whatever you want, but in my opinion I just would rather buy the all purpose one. And again I use a 10-15-10 for my prayer plant. Um and you should be doing fertilizing your plant about 3 to 4 times if it's getting, you know, the ideal amount of light. If it's not getting as much light, you probably maybe like once or twice, maybe not at all a year. A year. Yes, thank you for saying that. This is times a year. A day. can you imagine such a pain (laughs) pile up real quick um but yeah in general you want to fertilize according to how your plant is growing if it's like going crazy and just growing tons it probably is going to need um you to be fertilizing a little more often than not
1: just gotta some people are passionate about the worm poop Yeah. You're going to pay more for
0: it? Yeah, maybe. I just don't want to make anyone mad. I, that's well, the you made, you
1: I made the worm poop people mad, that's for <laughs> sure. Um, what, what, what kind of pests are you going to get, kind of bugs, and how would you get rid of those bugs?
0: Yeah, so um, prayer plants are prone to thrips, spider mites, and scale. We just did a podcast last time, episode 15, about how to control these pests. I want to ask Sam. Sam, what is a thrip? This is just like a review.
1: Well, this was before Thanksgiving. This isn't fair. This is two weeks ago.
0: Yeah, two weeks ago. That's nothing.
1: I, I okay. ask the questions. I don't.
0: Okay, how about a spider mite? That one's easy.
1: It looks like a spider. It might look like a spider. <laughs>
0: think i ever said that but that's a good way to remember (laughs) yeah they're like little tiny spiders but they aren't real spiders
1: oh they're false
0: what about scale do you remember what scale is fish scales no
1: uh c major scale
0: actually fish scales is not a bad way to remember it because they're kind of like tiny little bumps that live on your plant they don't move too much kitchen scale no bathroom scale do you remember us talking about scale they make a little cocoon not a cocoon but a little shell around themselves when they're adults and they don't move because we talked no. about what if we did that as people.
1: I feel like most people do do that once they become adults. <laughs> a little shell around themselves. And well, especially so
0: now because we're in the middle of a pandemic. We just live in we our aren't. house shells. Yeah, did you know?
1: Uh-uh. No. I have no idea.
0: Anyways. I've
1: been living under my shell.
0: <laughs>
1: um, Wait, no, oh. I'm not
0: done with that answer. Don't ask me another question yet. So I wanted to say with those three ones the thrip spider mites and scale that it's prone to. They can be a little tough to treat because prayer plants, they, you know, they fold up and down. There's so many nooks and little crannies for all these little guys to hide in. Um, So I know a lot of times people will just toss them if it gets too infested because they can be really hard to clean. Did you have a question, Sam?
1: Define a nook. A corner. Define a cranny.
0: A little crevice. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Why do we use nooks and crannies?
0: That's a really good question. <laughs> Where did
1: okay. that come from?
0: Let's do a podcast episode <laughs> on nooks and crannies. What are nooks
1: and crannies? Anything else about bugs that you are it. dying to get to? No. Okay. Um, how do you propagate a prayer plant? Or how would you clone your prayer plant? It's basically what propagating is.
0: Yeah. So for um your maranta er, genus for your prayer plant
1: oh bartholomew maranta
0: yes bartholomew (laughs)
1: Bartholomew. i'm just gonna
0: stop trying to say that (laughs) um so for them they're really easy you can cut a few leaves make sure that you include nodes on them nodes are just little bumps along the stem and you're just going to submerge it in water or place it in soil whichever you prefer I do encourage you to use rooting hormone, though, because rooting hormone will basically encourage roots to emerge from those nodes. It just increases your chances of success, basically, because not all of them are going to root. Um, And you can transplant, if you did it in water, you can transplant those little stem cuttings um, or leaf cuttings. Um, No, they're stem cuttings. Just, okay, quiet, Rachel. You can transplant your stem cuttings <laughs> when your roots are about half an inch long. So, um, it's not off- very long. No, and it should go pretty quickly. Like the one that's in front of Sam's face while he's at work. I that one is one I propagated at an activity for my major. Like I don't know, almost almost a year ago
1: you were in college so long ago
0: i know <laughs> <laughs> no it's just crazy how fast time has gone because it was pre-pandemic anyways i simply just dipped those in the rooting hormone and into a pot of soil and covered them um i only brought home one but that thing is huge now how big would you say it is it's like
1: the prayer plant
0: yeah it's getting big
1: yeah it's like a jungle on my desk
0: Yeah, and I haven't had it for super long. So they do grow fairly quickly when they are getting enough sun. Um, And it started growing after I propagated it pretty fast. So this is a really fun one to propagate, I would say. Um, Oftentimes, though, um, Maranta prayer plants, they can start getting leggy. So their old leaves will die.
1: They're going to like grow legs (laughs) and run away. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> not those kind so, of yeah. legs. Leggy as in they look like they have a bald spot. What? You know. Uh, leggy, like when a plant is leggy, it must like
1: must be one of those slang words you kids are using these days.
0: <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> leggy basically when leaves fall off, your plant looks leggy cuz there's way too much stem and not enough leaf. You know? Yeah, it's totally slang.
1: Oh, okay. Gen Z ears.
0: Stop. We are the same
1: age. <laughs> uh, Millennials.
0: Uh, anyway, so if your plant if you notice that it kind of is looking a little bald on top, um, you can get your your cuttings that you've rooted and you can place them back into the original soil of your plant um so that it will grow there and kind of fill it back in. So that's just kind of a tip. Um, that you can do if you have an older prayer plant, this can start happening to them. Um, and just a note, you cannot do this with calatheas. Calatheas are also called prayer plants, but they do not root from stem cuttings, which is unfortunate. Um, Yeah, both of them, Marantas and calatheas, can be divided. So that's basically like getting a knife and kind of splitting the plant, um, because their roots are rhizominous, which means they're underground stems, and if you cut them in half, it will literally create two new plants without a real problem. They'll start growing independently. Um, yeah. Anyways, another little side note is that marantas, they are generally propagated by stem cuttings because, their seeds are just really difficult to germinate. Um, so if you ever had, if you've ever gotten a Moranta seed to germinate, kudos to you because apparently it's really hard to do.
1: Makes you a genius. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is the last question, right?
0: Yes, this is our last question about prayer plants.
1: Okay. What do yellow leaves mean? I'm guessing what you meant to say is, "Why am I getting yellow leaves yes, on my prayer plants? Yes.
0: Yes. I I write these notes while I'm researching just so fast, and sometimes I don't reread what, them.
1: What do they mean?
0: <laughs> what is the symbolism of a yellow leaf? <laughs> um, yeah. So old yellow leaves—they're normal. Like I said, prayer plants will start to lose leaves and. It can leave them looking a little leggy. It can leave them. Um, It can leaf them. Thank you, Sam, for adding (laughs) your jokes into this. Um, But yeah, that's pretty normal. So I've heard that it's best to remove them when they are fully yellow and dead. If it is like starting to go yellow, just give it a minute to completely go yellow.
1: Red and yellow kills a fellow.
0: No. No, no. Oh. No.
1: oh okay. Although
0: I did read that prayer plants, you don't want to eat any houseplant, but prayer plants generally won't severely harm a child or a but, pet.
1: But black and yellow.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, <anyway>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, no. Doesn't work. Um so if you have a new leaf on your plant that's turning yellow, that is probably a sign that there is maybe some sort of pest. Maybe something happened with um, watering or fertilizing. So if it's an older leaf, don't worry about it. That's normal. But new leaves, you might want to take a look into what is going on. And if you have a yellow leaf that has a black base, a black maybe like petiole area, or oh, what was that word that we talked about? It wasn't a petiole. False. No, no, not the false shamrock. Pulvini. Polvini. Oh my gosh you actually remembered that that know, is amazing if you have a black polvini <laughs> i'm just thinking about pasta now um anyways that it's could
1: rotten if it's black i don't know most noodles that are
0: ew yeah don't eat black noodles if they're in your fridge and uh, turned that color.
1: black noodle kills a fellow
0: kills a poodle <laughs> <laughs> okay i just wanted to rhyme
1: we've We've reached the end of this. Anyways, last thing,
0: (laughs) I've gotten off track, but a yellow leaf with a black petiole or pulvini, it could or probably is due to overwatering. So just make sure to give it a little break from having so much water. And that is it. That was my last question. That was my last answer.
1: Wow. If you've made it to the end of this podcast, the word of the podcast is pulvini. (laughs) if you
0: how, what about the other one what about um <laughs> no stop bringing up faults Nick Dynasty oh,
1: Nick Dynasty yeah if you type in one of those in our Instagram you will win a like from us oh my gosh
0: <laughs> I, just, I was a little worried of what you yeah. were gonna say because I was like Sam yeah. I I don't have anything to give. I just want to see people. how many
1: people listen all the way through the podcast to see
0: that would be pretty amazing
1: if you made it all the way through the podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and No, I meant it would be amazing if they took time to go comment Nickton oh. Nasty or Pulvini on one of our posts. Yeah,
1: good luck spelling Nick to Nasty. All right. Let's wrap this up. Thank you, everyone, for listening.
0: We appreciate you guys.
1: Yeah. And we will see you next week with our next episode.
0: Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow our podcast on Anchor, Spotify, or Pocket Cast. Also, you can follow us at Tenny Plants on Instagram, Pinterest, or YouTube.
1: Once again, that's Tenny Plants, T E N N E Y Plants. If you have any questions or suggestions for future podcast episodes, email us at tennyplants at gmail.com. Or if you're on YouTube, go ahead and comment below and don't forget to like and subscribe. See you next time.